my research has been mainly on looking at ways to acidify the gut of the of the young nursery pig. We know that that um, gastrointestinal tract doesn't fully develop until a few weeks after uh, weaning. Um, so my research is mostly focused on incorporating ingredients and acidifiers into those early nursery diets to try and help and reduce um, the the gastric pH and the and uh, keep a low pH in the stomach of that young pig. Um, so we've looked at a number of ingredients both um, in the lab and also done a couple of research trials um, looking at things like uh, different specialty soy protein sources, um, lactose sources, uh, minerals, and then obviously um, acidifiers to also lower the, the pH in that stomach as well. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry, one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here, you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Eastman works with you to accelerate your nutritional program innovation. Cloud Farms, swine management to the next level. Ivonic. We are sciencing the global food challenge. Healthy Farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts. MS Gold, the best hygiene products in livestock farming. Eastman serves veterinarians and nutritionists in agrochemical and animal health industries by helping them select, evaluate, and implement innovative nutritional programs. Eastman works with your team to customize your gut health approach in feed and water. Eastman's approach addresses nutritional and bacterial challenges and finds new ingredient preservation and hygiene solutions. Explore ways to accelerate and innovate your programs. Contact the Animal Nutrition Team at Eastman.com. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Swine It Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Kellner. And today we are joined by Ethan Stoss, a PhD student at Kansas State University. Welcome, Ethan. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Ethan, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yep. So I'm uh, currently a a PhD student at uh, Kansas State University uh, in the swine nutrition program. Um, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, Uh, did my undergrad at Penn State University in animal science, um, and then moved to Kansas to start my master's degree at Kansas State. Um, finished up my master's degree and then moved right into a PhD with the swine group here. Awesome, Ethan. So let's start big picture, right? Your research focuses on, you know, nursery pig gut health and specifically how to improve that gut health through low acid binding capacity diets, organic acid inclusion. What have you found so far that has advanced our knowledge and understanding within this area? Yep. So, yeah, as you mentioned, my research has been mainly on looking at ways to acidify the gut of the of the young nursery pig. We know that that um, gastrointestinal tract doesn't fully develop until a few weeks after uh, weaning. Um, so, my research is mostly focused on incorporating ingredients and acidifiers into those early nursery diets to try and help and reduce um, the, the gastric pH in the, and uh, keep a low pH in the stomach of that young pig. Um, so we've looked at a number of ingredients both um, in the lab and also done a couple of research trials 
um, looking at things like uh, different specialty soy protein sources, um, lactose sources, uh, minerals, and then obviously um, acidifiers to also lower the, the pH in that stomach as well. Yeah, awesome. So one thing that you hit on there was lowering pH. So Ethan, we didn't do that. We were kind of the normal pHV of a newly weaned pig, right? That's starting on feed. And what are we trying to target? Is there a specific number that we're looking for? Yep. So when that pig's weaned, it's, it's gastrointestinal tract's not fully developed. Um, so it doesn't have enough hydrochloric acid production in order to maintain a low stomach pH. So when that stomach pH starts to rise and it can't uh, properly acidify the stomach and the rest of the gut, we run into problems like impaired uh, nutrient utilization and allow those pathogenic organisms to try and uh, compromise that gastrointestinal tract. So the, the specific pH we look at from an ingredient and diet standpoint is a pH of 4. Um, based on the literature, we've seen that uh, once the, the stomach pH in, in that young pig gets above a pH of 4, that's when you start seeing that lower uh, protein utilization and start seeing uh, pathogenic organi- organisms compromise that uh, GI tract. Yeah. Um, so how do you how do you determine w- what acid binding capacity right an ingredient has? How's that measured? Um, and then how do you potentially formulate that? Yep. So in the lab, um, we measure uh, acid binding capacity, or termed it uh, ABC four for pH at four. Um, what we do is we take a half a gram sample of an ingredient. We weigh that out. We place it. Um, in a beaker, then we suspend that sample in 50 milliliters of distilled deionized water. Um, we place that on a magnetic stir plate with a stir bar to actually suspend that um, sample in solution. And then from there, we make titrations of 0.1 normal hydrochloric acid um, in increments of anywhere from 0.1 to 5 milliliters, depending on the ingredient and how much uh, acid it actually takes to get to a stable pH of 4. And then from there, once we reach a stable pH of 4 by performing those titrations, uh, we just do a simple calculation where we take 0.1 normal uh, hydrochloric acid, so the concentration of acid that we use. We multiply that by the amount of acid added in milliliters, and then multiply that by 2,000 to get that half gram sample on a kilogram basis. Awesome. Thanks for that definition, Ethan. Appreciate that. Um, so um, acidifying starter diets is not a new concept, Ethan, right? Probably throughout your lifetime, right? That, that's been a mission of you know swine nutritionists um, or nutrition suppliers or companies in terms of developing that strategy. So as we sit here at the end of 23, what do you think we haven't understood today that we need to know going forward? What's still kind of that unknown is your mind as you're working on this every day as a graduate student? Yeah, so I think I think you're right that we've we've kind of had this concept on acidifying the the gut and maintain a low pH in that in that um, gastrointestinal tract for a long time. But I think we really need to answer some questions on what the optimal level is um, to achieve in that pig moving forward and at what point as that pig starts to grow and mature and switches to different um, 
uh, diets and phases and things like that. Um, how can we increase and and increase the acid binding capacity of that diet? So then ultimately those pigs transition onto more traditional diets that we think about. So we've done a, a number of studies looking at um, the ABC4 level of the diet um, and, and how that may influence um, pigs. And obviously there's many factors that can come into play there, such as weaning age and um, health status of those pigs and genetics and things like that. But I think that's one area that we really need to quantify is what is the optimal ABC4 level of a weight range or specific age of pigs. Yeah. And then is from your perspective, Ethan, right? Where do you think that ABC4 value ranks in terms of all the things that we consider within, you know, our gut health programs as we're starting pigs on feet, right? There's there's fiber types instead of insoluble, soluble or structural or fermentable. You know, there's probiotic programs. There's, you know, acidifiers. So, you know, Ethan, as you continue to understand and learn this more throughout your graduate studies today, right? We're not going to hold you to this answer forever, right? As you continue to learn and progress in your career. But today of what you know, where do you think that ranks in terms of the, the items that we should consider as pork producers and nutritionists for formulating our starter diets? Yeah, I think I think this area of research, I think it's a growing topic and it's start, starting to gain a lot of popularity. Um, I still think there are a lot of questions that need to be answered until this um, this concept and this and this method of formulation actually gets applied um, um, pretty heavily across the industry. Um, here in North America, we want, we run into some, um, and here in the United States, we run into maybe some um, more challenging uh, formulation methods with our diets opposed to maybe some European diet um, where they use more wheat and barley and things like that. Um, but I think this is an area that's continuing to grow. Um, I think down the road, it, it will be a method to um, maybe improve the uh, the health status of the pigs. We've seen a pretty consistent response in diarrhea occurrence, and we know that's a big issue in the industry. Um, so if we can and get those pigs to uh, lessen their post-weaning diarrhea status, and firm up those feces, I think that's a positive benefit moving forward as well. And as we all know, if we lose zinc oxide, that's going to create um, a big uh, uh, problem in the industry as well. And I think this concept we've shown that if we formulate to low ABC4 levels, even if we don't have zinc oxide in the diet, we can recover some of that performance. Sure. Yeah. appreciate that, Ethan. Um, lastly, right, um, nursery research, especially on the nutrition side, has been a focus of, you know, lab groups like yours, um, multiple production companies and multiple nutrition companies. From your perspective as a, as a young graduate student, right, that has the opportunity to be creative and think differently um, than someone that's blocking and tackling every day, right, what do you think is the biggest hurdle for us taking that next step in terms of our nursery diets and our nursery formulations? Or, or what do you think is the biggest restriction from a research perspective um, that, you know, with a magic wand, you're like, man, it'd be really nice if we understood this or we had this type of technology or scientific understanding, because then that opens a plethora of ideas or opportunities. Ethan, from your perspective, if you had to pick one today, um, for to share with our listeners, which one would you pick? 
Yeah, I would I would say um, from uh, an ingredient standpoint in lowering the the ABC four value, um, I think that the biggest question we need to answer is what is the optimal level to be at from in these early nursery pigs, and then from there we can understand methods to get there, uh, maybe economically. And maybe we don't reach optimal performance in those young pigs by lowering the acid binding capacity, but maybe we can get to a level that is still economically efficient and improve the health and and performance of those pigs. Um, So from an ingredient standpoint, obviously acidifiers can play a big role. And we've, we've, we've done a couple of studies looking at different acidifiers. And I think not all acidifiers are made the same. So choosing the right acidifier to get to a low ABC4 level while still not hurting intake of those pigs is a big component as well. And then we've also seen some other uh, uh, ingredients that can, that can uh, influence the ABC4 value as well. But right now, I think our biggest struggle with getting this implemented in current production systems is to hit the low ABC4 targets. Um, that we're thinking are most optimal for pigs. Um, it's going to require um, uh, quite a bit of different specialty ingredients that would need to be included in those diets. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thanks, Ethan. Awesome. Uh, any other parts about your research that you would like our listeners uh, to know about and anything that we have not covered that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, so I think uh, I think one other thing that we've we've done a couple studies looking at low ABC four diets, and in all of these studies, we've done that without zinc oxide to see if we can we can uh, try and get similar performance to diets with zinc oxide. But I think potentially an area of research that we need to look at moving forward is incorporating low ABC four diets with zinc oxide also in the diet. Because one consistent response that we've continued to see is that um, less prevalent diarrhea and increased fecal scores and fecal dry matter in these low ABC4 diets. So I think incorporating that with zinc oxide may be able to get an additive benefit in those young pigs. And maybe we can um, uh, see even a boost in performance even with zinc oxide in the diet by getting to low ABC4 levels. Yeah. Uh, one thing, Ethan, from your experience is um, um, what have you found in terms of that fecal score or that diarrhea score, um, how it correlates to like average daily gain, feed conversion and mortality? Um, have you seen instances, well, instances where, um, you know, uh, that has had a correlation or if those variables, you know, yes, they're, you know, they're having diarrhea, they're, they're having loose stools. You know, average daily gain and feed conversion mortality really aren't impacted. Ethan, what have you seen from from that in your studies? Yeah, so we um, one of the first studies we actually did, um, we we were able to pick up a, a mortality difference, which was pretty exciting to see. Um, we saw that when when we didn't have zinc oxide in the diet, and we were formulating to a low ABC four diet opposed to a high ABC four diet, we significantly reduced. Uh, removals and mortality in those pigs. Um, from a growth performance standpoint, uh, typically we see an improvement in feed efficiency, which makes sense that if we're if we're uh, 
lowering the pH in that stomach, it makes sense that we're, we're increasing nutrient utilization. And then sometimes we see an improvement in gain, but not all the time. And typically we don't see an effect in feed intake. It's more of a nutrient utilization standpoint. So I think that's part of the reason that we're seeing um, that we're seeing less diarrhea prevalence and things like that in these pigs. But, but we have picked up mortality responses, which is pretty exciting to see um, from our standpoint. Yeah, that's really cool, Ethan. And now best of luck as you continue uh, to go down this path through the rest of your PhD uh, candidacy. It's time for our famous three. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. At a sale provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in high quality, safe and sustainable way. AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. AccuFast, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Start creating your future today at AccuFastSwine.com. Feedflow, feed is too expensive to ignore. Take control with Feedflow. An animal nutrition technology company offering innovative products and new applications for the swine industry. The combination of AB Vista enzymes, technical services, and nutrition expertise provides the industry with new opportunities to further improve production efficiencies. Fiber is receiving renewed interest due to its influence on the microbiome, and AB Vista has brought together research experts to discuss the industry's knowledge of fiber functionality and to introduce a stimbiotic targeted to improve fiber digestion. To request access, contact NAM at abvista.com. That's N-A-M at abvista.com. I have four final questions for you so our audience can get to know you better. Uh, the first is, what's the biggest hurdle that you've overcome so far um, that you're the most proud of? Biggest hurdle? I would say... Um... The biggest hurdle that I've overcome so far is probably, uh, let's see, uh, probably uh, defending my master's degree with the, the swine nutrition program here. Uh, it's a pretty intense program, pretty applied program. So I think that was a, a big accomplishment from my standpoint. And I know working on a PhD now, um, uh, uh, accomplishing a PhD and, and defending that That'll be even a bigger accomplishment moving forward. Um, but being a part of an uh, uh, intelligent group of young nutritionists and be, being able to uh, contribute to the industries has uh, been a big accomplishment from my standpoint. Yeah, awesome. And congrats on that, Ethan. Uh, what advice or information do you find most valuable from industry professionals um, airport producers as a graduate student? Yeah, so um, from my perspective, I would I would say um, the advice that that probably helps me a lot um, hearing from people from the industry and things like that are um, um, networking. I would say that's a big component that seems to get driven from everybody within the industry. Um, the industry that we're in, the swine industry, at the end of the day, it's a pretty small industry. So networking with the people that are out there and interacting with everybody within the industry and sharing ideas and um, and research and, and uh, uh, information and things like that, I think that's 
a big driver in our industry. And it seems that everybody I talk to uh, seems to stress that that's a pretty big component to be successful in our industry. Yeah. Uh, if you could solve one of your research questions tomorrow, which would you pick? Uh, I would say uh, probably determining what the optimal ABC4 level is. Um, I think that would answer a lot of questions um, from our standpoint, um, whether that changes um, as that gut matures, which I think it probably does. Um, but I think if I could wave my magic wand, uh, it would be that we could formulate diets to that pig's optimal ABC4 level as that gut matures and we can really uh, maximize uh, nutrient utilization and, and uh, health status in those pigs. Yeah, very cool. All right, last question here, Ethan, and then we'll let you off the hook here. What's your favorite pork recipe? My favorite pork recipe? I think I just, probably from my standpoint, nothing fancy, I would, I would say probably just a, a pork chop that's cooked on the grill. I'd say um, cook that pork chop uh, to the right temperature, get it nice and juicy and not a lot of things on it, maybe just some salt and pepper. And uh, that would probably be my favorite pork recipe, keeping it nice and simple. Yes, yes. Um, awesome. Well, thanks, Ethan, for your time today um, and passing on what you've learned in your PhD program so far. And on behalf of all our listeners, we wish you the best of luck as you conclude your studies at Kansas State. And with that, that concludes another episode of the Swinet Podcast. I hope you uh, stay tuned for more episodes that will be coming your way shortly. Hope you have a great rest of your afternoon.